Amen. All right, check this out. There's this uh, husband and wife, and they weren't getting along very good lately. Okay, I think you'll know why in a second. And uh, so the husband, he's a guy. Uh, he decides to lighten his wife up a little bit by telling her a joke, right? The guys, we saw last week, sarcasm, you know, stuff like that. And so he goes, he goes this, he goes, hey, honey, <laughs> how many women does it take to screw in a light bulb? I know, it's not very good. But anyway, so, so <laughs> without even batting an eye, man, his wife automatically goes into this giant tirade, and she says, you want to know? You want to know how many women it takes to screw in a light bulb? Well, I'll tell you, mister, one. That's right, one. And you want to know why it only takes one? Because nobody else in this house knows how to change a light bulb. And they don't even know how the bulb is burned out. In fact, they sit in this house in the dark for three days before they even figured it out. And once they figured it out, they wouldn't even be able to find the light bulbs even though they've been in the same cupboard for 17 years. But if they did, by some miracle, actually find the light bulb two days later, the chair that they dragged in from two rooms over to stand on to change the stupid light bulb would still be in the same spot. And underneath that, it would be the crumpled wrapper of the stupid light bulbs came in. Why? Because I'll tell you why. Because nobody in this house takes out the garbage. Why, it's a wonder that we haven't suffocated from the piles of garbage 12 feet deep throughout this entire house. And speaking of this house, it would take an army to clean this place. And I, I'm sorry, what you asked me? <laughs> and the husband responded, uh, never mind. <laughs> you folks, hopefully this isn't too hard of a question, but how many guys would say that wife was a little bit stressed out in her marriage there? A little bit there, okay. And, and you know, for us married folks, I think we can, uh, you know, honestly admit that sometimes marriage can be kind of stressful, right? Just a little bit. And uh, apparently that's why one person said the honeymoon period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the honeymoon period. That's that period between I do and you better, okay, is what's going on. But as we've been seeing in our study, folks, is this the kind of relationship that God had in mind when he instituted marriage back in the Garden of Eden? No is the absolute uh, great answer. Absolutely not. Now we need to acknowledge, yes, that Adam and Eve blew it in the Garden of Eden. And so unfortunately, along with that, they blew it for the chances of having a perfect marriage. But the good news for you and I, the Christian, is this, folks, that even though we may never have a perfect marriage, that does not mean that we have to resign ourselves to a life of personal pain and silent suffering. The Bible's very clear. It's just going to take some time and it's going to take some what? work. Okay, why? Because it's very clear, folks. The scripture is clear. Marriages are not made in heaven. Marriages are made, built where? Right here on earth. Therefore, we're going to continue our study. That's right, a marriage built uh, to last. Okay, now we've already seen, if you've been tracking with this study, the first step we need to have that lasting marriage to build that baby was to acknowledge that men and women are different. Right, Oz, Michaela? Three weeks strong. Have you got it figured out? You're different? Just say yes and you'll score. Yay, they're doing good. Give it up for Oz and Michaela. Newlyweds, that's right. The second step we saw is love is an action. Not a feeling, it's an action. A self-sacrificial action. That's what holds your marriage together, the foundation. But last time, if you were here, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We saw the third step was you need uh, to have some romance going in your marriage, okay? 
And what we saw there, the challenge was we need to romance each other, not just before we get married, up to that point, we need to keep that romance going. And we saw there's some practical ways to do that, and that was uh, five different things. We could do it with special gifts, we could do it not just time, but quality time, uh, positive words. In fact, let's try that. Ladies, do that again. Turn to your husband and say, hey man, you the man. Go ahead, right? And if he's still in here, turn to Bill Wimmer and say, hey, awesome hairdo, awesome hairdo, okay? Right? It works. Okay, so, so positive words, acts of service, and of course, physical touch. And the point that we saw there, listen, if we can do that, listen, not just before, but certainly after we're married, then listen, folks, we're not just on our way to having a marriage built to last, but we're on our way to having a passionate marriage built to last. Just like that couple in the Song of Solomon, as we saw, was our primary text last week. But that's an all. Paul, I'm still preaching, so guess what? What is a safe answer, but try this. There's got to be more. There's got to be more, and Paul is so right. The fourth step in building that lasting marriage, okay, is simply the need for communication. Yeah, let me, let me, let me communicate that again. The need for communication. It's extremely important if you're going to have a healthy relationship. But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 is our opening text here. And we're going to see the account of what, the importance of being able to communicate, and not just communicate, we're going to see effectively to communicate effectively uh, in your marriage. Let's take a look there. Philippians chapter four. Paul, the context here is there was a couple people in the church that were experiencing communication breakdown. Things weren't going along too well. And uh, Paul uh, deals with them and actually encourages other people to come alongside and say, hey, listen, you guys got to work this out. You got to communicate this problem, okay? And it's a great thing that we all know as Christians, we never have communication issues in the church. I digress. Let's move on. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Let's take a look at this communication problem. Okay, let's take a look. Uh, verse uh, uh, 1 says this. Therefore, my brothers, Paul says to the Philippian church, he says, you whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Now he says this. Li listen to the word there. Plead. There's urgency there. It's not just something to consider. You know, I have a meeting over this. It's, I plead. This is serious stuff. I plead with who? Yodia and I plead with Sinti to agree with each other in the Lord. And he says, listen, yes, and I ask you, loyal Yokefellow, to help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. This is serious stuff. This is urgent that Paul's talking about here. He is desperately pleading with these two Christians to come back together again in agreement, okay? And apparently between these two, there was some form of communication breakdown. In fact, the situation got so bad between the two that Paul, in the context here, had to ask some other Christians to come alongside and help these two with their problems. Why? Because, folks, it works like this. This lack of communication, listen, in this context here, it wasn't just affecting their lives, these two Christians. The lack of communication going on between them, apparently, to get back to that unity was affecting the church and it was affecting the gospel as well. And that's just one example in the scripture, okay? And to me, it's one of the perfect examples to express how important this is, the need for communication. You cannot have a healthy relationship in the church without it. Listen, you certainly can't have a healthy relationship in your marriage without it, right? It's common sense. You've got to have healthy communication. Now, here's the problem. For some reason, I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but for some reason, after we get married, that abundant supply of natural, spontaneous communication that we had before we got married, uh, it, it's gone. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just gone, it just dries up, okay? Now, I don't know if you guys recall this period, but remember before we got married, uh, and when you, if, especially when you first met and stuff, and you always seem to have this endless supply of things to say to each other about literally nothing, and you would literally talk your ears off for hours about nothing, and, and nobody made you? <laughs> right, okay? I mean, you're literally, you get into the second hour and you're down to t things talking like this. So, now what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? I'm doing nothing too. Isn't this great? Uh, uh, now what are you doing? I'm looking at the sheetrock. <laughs> really, me too? What color is yours? White. Mine's white too. Oh, we're made for each other. We've been talking about this stuff, right? And it's just naturally flowing. Nobody made us okay. But listen, not long after we get married, Here's the strange thing. We find ourselves in a communication breakdown and the results can get pretty disastrous. Like, like this uh, lady. Uh, there's this judge and he was interviewing this woman uh, regarding her pending divorce. And so we asked her, he says, hey, uh, ma'am, uh, what are the grounds for your divorce? And she said, well, it's about four acres. We've got a nice little home in the middle with the property and the stream running by. And he says, no, 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 no. He says, I mean, what's the foundation of this case? She said, well, it's made of concrete and brick and mortar and he said no 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 I mean I mean what are your relations like she said well I got an aunt and an uncle living here in town and so does my husband and so, so the judge obviously he's starting to get frustrated he says listen lady do you have a real grudge she said no no we have a two-car carport and we've never really needed one <laughs> and he says please lady okay is there any infidelity in your marriage she said yeah there is there is both my son and daughter have stereos. Now, we don't necessarily like the music, but the answer to your question is yes. And so he's now really getting impatient with the judge. He says, ma'am, does your husband ever beat you up? She said, yeah, he does. She said, about twice a week, he gets up earlier than I do. And I said, so, <laughs> so finally, total frustration, uh, the judge asked the lady, he says, lady, why do you want a divorce? And listen, she says, oh, I don't want a divorce. I never wanted a divorce. My husband does. He says he can't communicate with me right now let's be honest folks that joke would be funny if it weren't so true and the reason why it's such a common scenario in many marriages is because we forget about this important aspect we have a need for communication okay and so if we're going to have those marriages built to last i think we need to learn to keep that communication going not just before but we need to keep it going after we're married how about you guys okay and, and, and listen I'm telling you how we respond to this guys is literally going to make or break your marriage and and and, and this spills over into any relationship really it's going to make or break break your relationship with your your kids or or your church and communication is important we'll get to that in just a little bit and the reason why is because without communication again there is no relationship and how many guys can acknowledge that listen if you don't have a healthy relationship you're not going to have a healthy marriage it's really common sense, okay? And so we're going to take a look at some practical ways over the next couple of weeks how to avoid communication breakdown, okay? And not just communicate, but communicate effectively, okay? And the first practical way we do that is by giving each other some time. Sounds basic, but I'm telling you, in a rat race society, we just don't take the time to do it. But you got to do it, okay? And this is what Ecclesiastes says. Uh, it says this in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, 3 and 7. It says, listen, there's a time for everything, Okay, time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant, there's a time to uproot. There's a time to tear down, there's a time to build. There's a time to tear, and there's a time to mend. But listen, sometimes there's a time to be silent, but sometimes, guess what? 
you do need to speak up, okay? And folks, I know this might sound pretty basic, but in our crazy rat race society, I'm telling you, this is pretty obvious, okay? If healthy communication is going to happen, you have to take the time to do it, right? You got to take the time to do it, okay? There is going to come a season in your relationships. There's going to come a season in your marriage where you need to speak up. You can't just be silent about it forever. You've got to speak up and you have to give each other time to do it, okay? Now, here's where it gets tricky. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, uh, in marriage, most of the time, we're kind of scared to take the time to do it, right? Because oftentimes, we, 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 we don't know what to say. Uh, we don't know how to say it, or we're afraid that we're going to start yet another argument, right? And so we don't take the time to do it. But believe it or not, folks, this is amazing. Did you know that modern technology, they sell everything nowadays. Did you know that modern technology has now developed devices to help you and I in our marriage uh, communicate effectively, men and women? It's awesome. There's this new device out. I'm going to share it with you. And uh, don't all rush out. Uh, wait, at least wait until I finish my sermon. Uh, but don't rush out and go buy this thing. But this thing's awesome. This is going to help learn to communicate effectively between husbands and wives. Let's take a look at this guy. Hey, are you golfing today? Yeah. It's the second time this week. But you said it was fine. It is fine. It's perfectly fine. Are you confused by female behavior? Wish you had a translator to understand what she means? Well, you're in luck. Introducing the Manslater, a revolutionary device that translates woman language into simple man words. Finally, the power to know what she means. Okay, cool, let me just check with my wife. Hey babe, a tea time opened up later, you mind if I go? Fine, if that's what you wanna do. No go, stay home. On second thought, I think I'll just stay here with you and watch The Notebook. Aww, how sweet. Now that's more like it. The Manslater uses emotion deciphering technology to help you out of the toughest jams. Hey, is everything okay? You sound upset. Why would I be upset? Forgot anniversary, jerk. Oh, no way. Happy anniversary, babe. You remembered. Come on, of course I did. <laughs> Thanks to the Manslater's patented FemLogic processing chip, now any man can decode statements like, Are you wearing that? You change, now! Hey, do you want to get some coffee? Me want coffee! Do you think she's pretty? You think she prettier than me? Aw, you're such a good friend. Me never date you! I'm fine. Me not fine! I'll be ready in five minutes. Me ready 30 minutes! Do whatever you want. You know do what you want. Could you rub my shoulders a little bit? No, hanky panky! Only massage! Be serious! The man's later even works on men! Finally, women can learn the deeper meaning of his words. Whoa. Your beauty is stunning. Hey, mind if I catch a movie with the guys? You are a lovely, wonderful woman who meets all of my needs. And even though I will miss you, this night I wish to see Death Cop 9 with my bros. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really. Stop looking at me. The Manslater can even be customized, with voices of real celebrities being impersonated. Like Yoda. In which trouble you are, do the doghouse go you? Or Mr. T. I pity the fool who leaves the toilet seat up. So get your man's later today. 
Clarity is just a phone call away. You need buy me! <laughs> yeah. All right. How many of you guys agree with that statement? You need buy me. Raise your hand. Paul, that's not the time to raise your hand. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to tell you. <laughs> No, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, but anyway, believe it or not, in all seriousness, folks, I mean, as much as we're, you know, we love our technology and we want that shortcut, I hate to burst your bubble, but uh, that's not a real device, okay? Uh, I know, I know, it's, it's rough. I'm sorry to set you up there. But uh, believe it or not, we're still going to have to do it the old-fashioned way, but believe it or not, there's hope. You just got to do it God's way, okay? And God's way works every single time, okay? And see, when it comes time to giving uh, effective communication, you got to keep aware of a couple things. It's, it's not just taking the time. I'm telling you, you can still ruin it if it's not effective. So there's, I'm going to share three things with you of, of how it becomes effective. And the first thing is you need to give some time to cool off. Okay? Pay attention to this. You need to give some time uh, to cool off. Okay? Now, men, pay attention. Did you know that sometimes it's actually good to wait a little while, a little while, before you initiate communication with your wife? Okay? Sometimes. Okay? Uh, especially if they're in a bad mood. Like this guy learned. He, he, he was trying another technique. Okay? Other than the manslayer. Uh, one day, uh, this guy decided to buy his wife a mood ring, okay, and uh, to figure out when was the best time to talk to her, right? Sounds logical, right? And so sure enough, in no time, get this, he was able to figure out that when she was in a good mood, it turned green. Yeah, and when she was in a bad mood, it left a red mark right here on his forehead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Manslater, mood ring, neither one works. I'm telling you, don't do that. Okay, now how many guys would say that guy needs to give his wife a little bit more time, okay, for her to cool off, okay? And, and men, here's the good news. You don't need to go buy a mood ring, okay, when you talk to your wife. Apparently that doesn't work. Uh, but what you need to understand, it might be a mood thing, okay? And believe it or not, uh, it might be she just needs some time for those emotions to calm down. And I think this is what Proverbs is saying here. Uh, chapter 18, verse 6 through 7 says this, the lip of fools what? Careful your mouth, you're going to bring even more strife. And their mouths invite a what? A beating, okay? Their mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a very snare to their lives. Okay, men, I know this may not make sense to us, okay, but listen, sometimes the ladies need a little bit more time, as we saw with the video, with the way the brain works and the emotions, and it's hard for them to shut it down, here and the kids and the car. It takes a little bit for their emotions to calm down. And oftentimes, uh, sometimes if you ask them this, they'll tell you, just, just give me a minute. You know, <laughs> because they say this very thing. I, right now, I'm not in a good emotional state and I'm afraid my mouth is gonna bring strife. It's gonna make it worse. Okay, you need to let the emotions calm down, okay? And this is because of another God-given difference we saw before in men and women. Okay, not only are our brains completely different, and guys, we're on one side. Ladies, you access both sides at the same time. That's why the emotions are often much more heightened and takes a while for the hornet's nest, if you will, to go down, okay? But the way that we process information is radically different. We've talked about this several times at our Wednesday night discipleship study. Now, in general, when encountering difficult situations, ladies, this is how you process that difficult situation. You feel about it first, emotions, number one. Then you act on that emotion, and then you think about it later, okay? It's what's going on. And so men, here's the point. If your wife is showing signs of not wanting to communicate with you right away, then just pay attention to this difference. It might mean uh, that she does want to. It doesn't mean she doesn't necessarily doesn't want to. It might mean that she needs just a little bit extra time. Bzz, 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 bzz for the emotions to calm down, 
Ladies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, but listen, now, ladies, flip it around. You need to acknowledge what we men need. We need some time, all right. But ladies, give us some time to think, will you? Give us some time to think. Okay, this is kind of cool. Ladies, pay attention. Did you know that guys are not the only ones who need some, maybe a little extra time before you initiate communication? Sometimes men need it too. And it's because of our God-given difference of how we process information when encountering difficult situations. Remember, when you encounter a difficult situation, maybe even a difficult conversation, Okay, and you're trying to communicate. You feel first, then you act on it, then you think about it. Guys, exact opposite. We think first, then we act on it, then we feel maybe sometime next week. Okay, typically is how it goes. But the thinking for us comes first, okay? And because it comes first, men, ladies, and even though you can access your information you need right off the bat, sometimes for us guys, it takes a little bit more time to process the information, okay? And you just need to be patient and, and, and listen and give us time to answer you. Uh, and again, I think this is what Proverbs is also trying to share with us as well. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13 says this, to answer before what? Listening, you just gotta listen first. Don't answer, just listen. That is folly and shame, okay? In other words, it's crazy for you to answer us back before we even had a chance to respond. Okay, uh, you're not listening to us, okay? You didn't give us a chance to respond, okay? And I know it might be weird, but remember we saw before with the brains and the nothing box? It's not that we're not paying attention. It's not that we're not going to respond. It's just we process information differently. And we're literally taking a little bit more time to find what box that we have that response in. And remember, one box can't touch another box, so we might have to find a couple boxes to get it first. And then we find it, and then we cough it up. But that's the way our brain works, okay? As weird as it sounds to you. And so sometimes you just need to give us some time to, and you need to listen and wait for that response or like Proverbs says, it's gonna lead to folly and shame, okay? But ladies, again, there's a caveat here. If your husband doesn't respond within five minutes, he either is not paying attention to you or he's dead. You need to check his pulse, okay? He's fooling you uh, and vice versa, okay? But seriously, ladies, here's the point for you. If your husband is showing signs of not wanting to communicate right away, listen, pay attention. It doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want to. It might just be something as simple as this. We just need a little bit more time to process the information, bring it up from the nothing box, and then we'll share. Just be patient with this, okay? The third thing that we need to be aware of, if our time is gonna be effective in communication, we gotta have time to share. Okay, time to share. And this is really important because many times we're still going to experience communication breakdown because we don't listen. We don't allow the other person to share what's on their mind or how they feel. And we usually ruin it by one of two ways, okay? And the first way that we do is when the other person, we're listening all right, we're committing that time, we realize that, okay, the emotions have calmed down, let's engage, or okay, you finally found your nothing box, now you're engaging, that's cool. But you can ruin it if you do this first thing. It, don't interrupt the other person every five seconds, okay? Let them share what is on their mind, okay? You wouldn't want that done to you, and the other person never gets to get a word in edgewise, right? Don't, it was he really, no, could let him finish the train of thought at least, right? Don't interrupt. You got to give him time to share. Now, secondly, you can go the other end of the spectrum. Don't interrupt. Listen, don't babble on and on and on and on. And believe it or not, Jesus deals with this when we communicate with God. He says, don't do this. 
Okay, listen to this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7. Jesus said, and when you pray, not if. When you pray, what do you do when you pray? You communicate to God, right? When you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. Why? Because they think they're going to be heard because there are many words. On and on and on and on and on. Is what's going on there. And, and this is what we see in the scripture. The word babbling here literally means, listen, meaningless repetition. Meaningless. Same thing over and over again. Repeating the same things over and over and over again. It's actually a word, the rough rendering, it just was barbar. -bar. They, they used it of the barbarians, the pagans. And that's what they just bar, 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 That's really what the word literally means, okay? Uh, and that's where it comes from. And Jesus said, listen, this is not just something that the pagans do. And somehow in their practice, they think that they're, okay, the, the deity is going to listen to us now because we went on and on and on and on. He says, don't do that. That's offensive to God. You got a relationship with him. You don't play that game. Don't do that. Now, listen, I've learned the same thing with marriage. Okay? Maybe you're not interrupting, but you're going to the other end of the spectrum. You're not giving them time to share. You're babbling on and on and on and on and on. The other person's going, okay, I got it the first time. You just said the same thing 15 different ways. Of course, usually you don't want to say that because it makes it worse. But see, that's what's going on. You interrupt or you just go on and on and on. It, it, like this, this one guy, he, he encountered this. He said, listen. He said, the, uh, for, he told his coworker, listen to this. He says, he hadn't spoken to his wife for 18 months. 18 months. Not days, 18 months. And the other guy says, well, why not? He says, well, I don't like to interrupt her. Paul, can I get right home, buddy? But uh, no. And uh, no, listen, the point is that guy's never going to get to tell his side of the story, right? Okay? Now, it's the same thing when we discuss uh, uh, an issue, when we communicate a problem between husbands and wives. Don't beat a dead horse in the ground. Why? Because you don't want that done to you, right? Then don't do it to the other person. They're never, it's common sense. They're never going to get a word in edgewise. If we're going to experience healthy communication, and if we're going to avoid communication breakdown. Okay, listen, we have got to give each other some time. You need to have some time to cool off, guys. For the ladies, pay attention to that. You need to have some time to think. For the men, ladies, pay attention to that. I know it sounds weird. We just need some time to process, and you need to give each other some time to share. Don't interrupt every five seconds. Let them express. And, okay, at least narrow it down to three different ways to explain it. Okay? Don't babble on and on. The second way that we avoid communication breakdown is by giving each other some clarity. Okay, clarity. And sometimes you got to pay attention uh, to what's going on here if it's going to be effective, okay? If it, you, you can give each other, listen, the necessary time to communicate, but it might still get messed up. Listen, this, as basic as this sounds, it might still get messed up if the other person has no clue what you're talking about. Right? I, I mean, you're giving each other time. You're not interrupting. You're not babbling on and on. Sufficient time to share, time to cool off, time to think about it. And you got it out there. But for whatever reason, maybe it made sense to you, okay? But for them, it's just not computing. They're not able to understand what you're trying to do. And so you need to give clarity, okay? Okay, and, and believe it or not, this is a much more common scenario between men and women. In fact, a Bill Cosby ran into this when he was trying to communicate with this lady. Check this out. This is pretty wild. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Okay, Sheltonham, Pennsylvania. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Born? No, I'm, I'm originally from North South Carolina. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. I, I don't know too many people from Sheltonham uh, talk like that. Uh, 
Well, I lived over 25 years down south. What was the name of the place? North. North? No. N-O-R-T-H. North. It's in South Carolina. There's a, they, in South Carolina, there's a little town called Due West. And no oh, wait, wait, slow wait. down now. There's a, in what North Carolina? No, South Carolina. In, in South Carolina, there's a little town called Due West, and North is 90 miles southeast of Due West. <laughs> North is south of the capital, Columbia. You understand? I was doing fine yeah. until you came out here. And then you started talking, I got lost. Oh. And, and I'm not in the car, and I didn't care to go anywhere. Now you have me someplace, I have no idea where I am. I'm in a town north-south of Due no, West. No, where, Well, where am it's, I? It's North Comma, I'm, South Carolina. I'm North South Carolina. North Comma, South I'm Carolina. I'm North Comma is the name. No, it? no, you put a comma in between North and South Carolina. I'm, I'm in the state of South Carolina. Right, right. But I'm in the city called North. It's not a city, it's a town. A town. <laughs> Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Where is the railroad? Oh, the railroad's right in the middle of the town. That's right. Now, stop and, there. And one, now, one, where are the black people? I don't know. I mean, they're all around, I guess. No, uh, no they're, not all, they're not all around. They're not, they're not all around. They're not all around. They're either on this side of the track or that side of the track. Are we due north or southwest? You're in North. I'm in North. Right. South Carolina. Here we go again. Anyway. No, there's no anyway. I'm sitting in my car and I'm lost. Oh. I want to find my people. And you're trying to give me directions. Now, I want, okay, let's put it this way. Yeah. Where's the river? Which river? How many guys would agree that uh, there's some serious communication breakdown going on there, you know what I'm saying? Going back and forth, back and forth, and they were saying what it made sense to them, but man, it just kept going and headed for disaster, did it not? Okay, folks, I'm telling you, uh, sometimes, I don't know if it's pride, but we think, well, I shouldn't have to explain myself again. But sometimes, you just, it makes sense to you. But it doesn't make sense to the other person. You need to clarify. And believe it or not, this lack of clarity in communication is huge. It affects all kinds of relationships. Listen to these stats. 90% of all criminals, 90% of all criminals have difficulty in communicating with other people. You get it? 60% of all management problems are a result of faulty communication. And listen to this. Half of all divorces result from faulty communication between spouses. That's how big this issue is, okay? And here's the point. Sometimes, listen, problems in marriage persist, not so much because the husband and wife aren't trying to communicate. Sometimes they are desperately so. They just don't get anywhere with it because the other person just doesn't understand. 
And so you need to be prepared to give some clarity. Now, I'm just going to share one technique with you. One of the easiest ways, and I'd say it's a very effective way, uh, you got to get creative to get your message across, uh, is by using what's called word pictures. Okay, word pictures. And believe it or not, God, in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, uses word pictures to communicate his truths to you and I. Let me give you a couple examples of those. The first one's an Old Testament passage from Psalm 42, verse 1. We're familiar with this, hopefully. As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Right? Familiar with that? Now, pay attention to what's going on here. Okay, here we see the psalmist under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit using a word picture of what? A, as soon as you read that, a picture goes through your brain, right? You're not just reading words. A, it forces the picture on your brain. A deer thirsting after a long run in the desert or something, and they're, they're just panting for this refreshing water. And what is to communicate another truth of how we should be longing, thirsting after Almighty God. Much more effective than just saying, you need to thirst for God, right? Let me give you a New Testament example. Paul uses them all over the place. Here's just one of them. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says this. Paul says, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Right? Now, Paul could have just said, hey, you know, do your best to be a great Christian. Eh. But he uses a word picture, okay? He uses a word picture of an athlete straining with all their might. If you can imagine a scene from the Olympics and they're out there and they've been training all this time leading up to this race and they're in that race and man, they give it all. They lay it all out on the track. They're running, they're, they're striving to win, to, to make it across the finish line, to get the prize. Why? He's given us that word picture to force it into our brain to communicate personally how you and I as Christians need to strain and strive the same way to live a godly, disciplined life as we're racing towards heaven, right? Much more effective, okay? Now listen, they're not just word pictures. They're not just biblical. They're effective. And the reasons why is because, especially for men, it forces us to access both sides of the brain. Listen, a word picture causes us to not only think about what's being said, it makes us access the feeling part of the brain and it causes us to experience the emotion of what's being said. Now listen, when you do that, what is being communicated is not just clarified because it's forcing the person to lock it into uh, the, both sides of the brain, it locks it into memory. Because it's combined with an emotion. That's the way that our brains work, okay? One author, he talks about uh, this power of trying to go out of your way to communicate effectively what you're trying to say. And he says, listen, don't just tell them. He says, sometimes you need to show them. And he gives a poor example of a truth. He said, for instance, uh, a poor version would be something like this. You're trying to communicate this point. Fred was a man with a very bad case of body odor. Okay, Fred, are you here today? Because if you are, it's not you. Who is some other guy, all right? He's just in jail. But he says, listen, he says, now a much more effective way would be something like this. Get your truth, your point across. He said, as Fred came walking down the country road, a herd of goats looked at him in utter terror and fear, and they all ran off out into the field gagging and coughing. <laughs> hey, that, that really brings it home, doesn't it? Right? Now, of course, that's a humorous one, but do you see how effective it can be if you get a little creative? Okay, and that's what's going on here, okay? But again, men, just a little side note here, Paul. Uh, uh, don't use the words body odor, goats, and gagging all in one sentence to your wife. I don't care how you phrase it. You'll never come out on top. Just skip it. Do something 
different. Okay, but anyway, but these word pictures provide an awesome clarity uh, of what you're trying to communicate. But in all seriousness, I wanted to give you a couple healthy examples of what this can look like in marriage and how it really helps to uh, get your point across. And let me give you the husband's example. This is a true story. Uh, two couples uh, coming in for counseling and they were trying to communicate their problems, but the other person wasn't getting it. And so they were encouraged to try to come up with a word picture. Here's what they came up with. Here's what the husband came up with. Uh, he had a very critical wife uh, and uh, who would, he would come home exhausted from a hard day at work and she would always immediately jump his case as soon as he walked through the door and nitpick him to death. And so here's the word picture that he came up with. He said, honey, he says, you remember grandpa, your grandpa and that puppy, that little puppy he loved, right? So you're locking in the emotions, right? Visual. He says, um, uh, and that he, he was so gentle with, he just loved that little puppy. And he says, well, sometimes I feel like a little dog in the backyard. Who, who's frisky and excited about life. And, and, and one day I happen to crawl underneath the fence and I go out there and I begin to explore. And while I'm out there in the woods, I get attacked by wild animals and I'm, I'm running out of food and water. And I, I somehow finally manage to make my way back and I crawl underneath the fence. And all I can think of is, yay, grandpa. And he's gonna feed me, and he's gonna pet me. And I, I charge up to the back door there and, and I'm all excited. And I, I, I put my paws on the back door to let him know that I'm here. And I see grandpa and I say, ah, there he is. But grandpa, he throws open the screen door and he picks up a twig and he starts whacking me. In fact, he keeps on whacking me and he knocks me off the back porch and he starts chasing me around the backyard with a twig in hand, belting whack after whack after whack after whack. And he says, honey, sometimes I feel like when I come home, you pick up a stick that you've already got prepared and you whack me across the chest. You never spend any time with me. Whack. When are you going to do this or that? Whack. And you keep on whacking me as I try to get away and I wonder how long I can endure this. Wow. That's pretty effective, isn't it? Now listen to what the wife came up with because she had some issues. Again, they both loved each other. They just couldn't get the point across. Uh, here's what she gave. She felt abandoned by her husband. And she said that she feels that each day when you get up and you go to work in which you love, you first meet for breakfast with people you like and after eating, you put the extra food in a bag. And then at lunchtime, you go out with another group of people whose company you really enjoy and afterwards, you put more food in another bag. And then after work, you stop off for dinner at a fancy restaurant with more people you love and enjoy a sumptuous meal and you put even more food in yet another bag. And then you finally come home and I'm looking forward to being with you all day and spending time together, sharing and talking and you come home in the door and all you say is, hi, honey, and you hand me three doggy bags and go off and do whatever you do. And she says, so many evenings when you come home, I feel like all I ever get is leftovers and doggy bags and it's not the kind of relationship I always anticipated. Wow, that's pretty effective. Folks, this is the point. Sometimes you gotta get creative. Sometimes problems in marriage persist not so much because the husband and wife aren't trying to communicate. Sometimes they are, desperately so. But sometimes we don't get very far. We don't get anywhere because the other person, yes, it happens. They just don't get what you're trying to say. And so if we're gonna avoid this communication breakdown, we've got to give some clarity. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting your time. And this is the great news. Even if you're here today and you're experiencing communication breakdown, maybe it's been going on for years and years and years. Believe it or not, it doesn't take long. Healthy communication can flow once again just like that. But once again, just like with the romance thing we saw last week, we set ourselves up for another trap, okay? We tell ourselves, okay, yeah, fine. We'll start communicating. I'll start communicating just as soon as my spouse does. Folks, that's another trap. 
It's another trap, okay? If you're waiting for your spouse to initiate communication, especially if it's been a while, they probably won't, okay? Somebody has to take the initiative. What was our opening text? Paul intervened. Somebody needed to take the initiative. Somebody has to say, we have got to get together. We have got to communicate this thing through so we can get out of communication breakdown. And if we refuse to do this, folks, you'll stay married. You'll continue to share space with each other. But this lack of communication, it's going to invite unnecessary heartache. Like this couple, listen to this. There's a, a story about a man and wife who are celebrating their golden wedding anniversary. 50 years of married life. And having spent most of the day with relatives and friends at a big party given in their honor, uh, they were back at home again. And so they decided before retiring to have a little snack of uh, tea and bread with butter and and uh, they went into the kitchen where their husband, listen, he opened up a brand new loaf of bread and he handed the end piece, the heel, to his wife. Whereupon she exploded, man. She said, for 50 years, man, for 50 years you've been dumping the heel of the bread on me. I'm not going to take it anymore and this lack of concern for me and for what I like. And on and on she went in these bitterest of terms for offering her the heel of the bread. Now listen, the husband was absolutely astonished at her tirade. And when she had finally finished, he just simply said to her quietly, but it's my favorite piece. It's my favorite piece. That couple not only had problems communicating, amen, even after 50 years of marriage. Here's the point though, it's kind of a bittersweet story. How much different could their 50 years together could have been if one or both of those spouses would have taken the time to communicate effectively with one another. They learned about the power of the need of communication, but they learned about it a little bit too late, right? And listen, it happens to all of us, folks. You procrastinate. Problems don't magically go away. Their marriage suffered needlessly year after year after year after year after year because they didn't take it serious. Okay, it's the same thing. Folks, being married doesn't mean your life is always going to be filled and has to be filled, Christian, with personal pain and silent suffering. God never said it'd be easy. He said it's just going to take some time and it's going to take some work, okay? And if we could just acknowledge this need for communication and get back to giving each other some time. And yes, you have to get creative sometimes. Give them a benefit of the doubt. They may not know what you're talking about. Give them some clarity and here's the good news. We can have those marriages finally built to last. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But before you go, let me ask you one final question. Are you sure that if you were to die today, that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things with you. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not? And the Bible also says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness is death. In other words, when we die... And it's coming for each one of us. We're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, but it's going to happen. The Bible says, therefore, since the wages of our sin is death, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and not to heaven. And that's bad enough, but to make matters worse, we don't want to admit this. God already knows. He knows uh, all of our behavior, everything, our thoughts, what we've done, what even we're going to do. He knows it all. He's gone. Even though he already knows this, we don't want to admit this. And so, out of love and mercy, God gave us something called his law, or the Ten Commandments. It's kind of like his x-ray into our heart to show us what he already knows. 
that he is holy and that we are not. And it's this unholiness or sin that separates us from him. Let's take a look at God's x-ray, if you will, his divine law to show us what he already knows. The Ten Commandments, uh, the ninth one says this, you shall not bear false witness. Okay, that's called lying. Okay, and if you've ever told a lie once, which we all have, myself included, the Bible says that makes you a liar. Okay, the, the, another commandment says you shall not steal. Okay, uh, and you might think, well, that's something that everybody does. Well, it doesn't make it right, and it demonstrates what God is trying to show us, that uh, we all have sin, and it's separating us from him. Even if you took a pencil in the third grade from somebody, if you did it without permission, that's stealing. And so now you've become a thief. The Bible says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. And how interesting it is and unfortunate that the only name under heaven by which men might be saved, the name Jesus Christ, has now become a common cuss word. The Bible says that God is so holy that even his name is holy. If you've taken the Lord's name in vain and used it as a cuss word or even flippantly, the Bible calls that the sin of blasphemy. And so now you become a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus says if you even look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. And finally, the Bible says uh, you shall not murder and you might think, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? Well, again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred is the same as the sin of murder. The only difference is you pulled the trigger, if you will, in your heart. You wish they were dead. And in God's eyes, it's the same thing in principle. Folks, that's only just a couple of the Ten Commandments. We didn't even go through all of them. But I think you're starting to get the picture. The Bible is correct. We have all fallen short of the glory of God, myself included, and that we are separated from God as a result. And so when our time comes, we're not automatically going to heaven. We are headed for judgment. We are headed for hell. Now let me tell you the good news. The good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Jesus Christ died on the cross. It was the death penalty of its day. He paid in full uh, the price for our sins to be forgiven. Let me give you an analogy. E for instance, even today, we could see that a person could commit a crime. Uh, they, they cannot reverse it. The, the sentence has been passed. The judge has uh, slammed his gavel, and they are ushered off into their jail cell. And in this particular crime, they are going to receive the death penalty. And so they're behind bars just waiting for the time, waiting for the call for them to go and uh, receive the death penalty. But believe it or not, as we know, there is a way that a person can get off a death row. And that is if the one in authority, the governor, would grant them a pardon. Now, they didn't earn it. Uh, they certainly don't deserve it. And there's nothing they could do uh, to earn it because nothing can reverse their crime. Okay? Yet the one in authority has that ability to grant them a pardon. Well, can I tell you something? That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The cross was the death penalty of the day. God sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to take the death penalty in our place, and that if we would just receive his pardon for all of our sins, God is willing to allow us to get off a death row. He's willing to forgive us completely of all of our sins. That's the good news that I want to share with you. God loves you. 
The Bible says that God is not willing that anyone should perish, but everyone come to repentance. Won't you, if that's you, call upon the name of Jesus Christ right now? Won't you ask him to forgive you for sins? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you do that now, wherever you are? Please, take God up on his amazing, loving offer. I'll let you down. Man will let you down. People will let you down. But God never will. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. He loves you. He's willing to forgive you of anything and everything you've ever done, past, present, and future. It's amazing. Please, call upon Jesus now. Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church. If there's anything that we can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Our number and information will come up here on the screen here shortly. And remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.